and he's promised me some things, and I'm just believing it, and it's a gift of God, and we're talking about that. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 103, click on your tablets, whatever you're using, your iPhones, uh, you know, don't be uh, watching the scores, but just get on your iPhones and read Scripture. Thank you for, uh, during the, the New Year aspect of New Year's Eve and stuff, I will be giving you, you know, a lot of uh, information of, of the ministry that has gone out from this church. Um, what a joy that uh, the ladies uh, went next door to the convalescent home and ministered. Um, what a joy the Angel Tree Ministry and that the Martinez oversee and are anointed to do uh, happened yesterday. Uh, we're going to have the kids program. Um, and, it, and like Pastor Dan said, if you want to donate to that, um, you, you can for the kids. But let me just say something before we dive into the Word of God. Is throughout Scripture, it talks about the callings and the anointings of God. And that every one of us have this. But there are particular uh, anointings and callings that God wants us to recognize. And in recognizing them, he wants us to bless them. And a matter of fact, in Scripture, it does talk about a double blessing that will come to those that are teaching the Word of God and then that really oversee and protect the Word of God to go forth. That's what uh, church is about. Uh, church, yes, we have our fun times, we laugh a lot, we have our gatherings, we have our dinners, we have our parties, uh, we have our beach trips, well, all kinds of things that we do. But the main purpose of a church is to teach the Word of God and to show people God. And so there's a particular group that God has set apart that is anointed and appointed um, to particularly oversee that, and that is our pastoral staff and staff of our church. Today and next week, um, we're asking that you would, as we always do, honoring our staff pastoral staff and staff, is that we would bless them for Christmas. Uh, a week from tomorrow, uh, we've had a party at our house yesterday, we're going to have a party at my house today, and uh, we're going to do some other things uh, with many different groups of people, and I've had the privilege of speaking at a couple other churches, parties, and different things that they do. Uh, so it's a busy time, but what I would like for you to do is join with me. None of this goes to me because um, I watch our staff labor morning, noon, and night. Um, they're the ones sometimes that will communicate with me uh, because they're so in tune to what's going on at the church that they do a lot. So I'm going to have the privilege next week of writing a larger check um, to the church uh, for the pastoral staff and the staff. And what we'll do is a week from tomorrow is uh, we will bless them uh, with a Christmas gift from you. And what a joy, what a joy it is to watch men and women do the things that they do. And, and I don't take this lightly because I remember for 18 years I was an assisting and associate uh, minister, that I, I helped carry the vision that the lead pastor was proclaiming, and what a joy that was. So, a matter of fact, I will say this to you, is probably, um, right now I'm having the greatest time of my life, it's probably one of the greatest joys that I ever experienced was the 18 years that I was able to serve under a man and a woman of God. It, it was a privilege to be able to take what they called out, not that they were the perfect boss or whatever, but what they called out, and to assist, assist with my giftings to make the ministry take place and the Word of God uh, manifest and be open to the congregation and to all those that could hear us. And that's what our staff does. I, I promise you, 
that for 18 years, I, I knew in, in many instances, scripturally and also my calling, in how to minister under a man and woman of God. And I'm watching our staff. I'm watching what they do, and I see that same spirit. I see that same focus in their hearts. And why I'm spending time with this is because, as you realize, we don't spend a lot of time. And when I use this term, it's not a good term to use we don't glorify any person, but in, in bringing a glorification to their work, their call, their anointing, their obedience to the Holy Spirit, and their submission to things, you know, in life. Um, they have their own families. They have their own homes. They, they do this, they do that, and then they have to run and get a phone call and stop everything and, and do all this and, and do it with a joyful heart. And what a joy that is. So today and or next week, uh, if you'd be praying about and to give liberally to that because uh, they deserve, as a lead pastor, our pastoral staff and staff deserve the best. And they deserve the most. Can you give them a hand right now? Amen. And, and I know, you know, we, we have it on Church Center. We... You know, we have flyers, we have everything to give you these things. But I'm really looking forward to next Sunday morning with our kids. I don't know where they're going to put all those kids because the amount of kids that, that are in just all the outfits and just, weren't they great today in the dance? Amen. Our youth and our young people, they're awesome. So the children's musical and then our candlelight service is very... Uh, very special time. And then on December 31st, of course, we'll have the Sunday morning service. But that evening at 6, we will have our worship time. We're not going to do it at midnight. Um, we want you to be able to enjoy your family because that's, that's December. That's why we don't have Sunday night except the 31st because we want you to enjoy your families. We want you to enjoy your friends and to rest at times because how many of you, like me, know that it is a busy time uh, during the holiday season, especially Christmas, because you are believers and you are givers, and you give of yourself and everything that you are to so many things. So uh, God bless you and strength to you, and I come against sickness and disease that it uh, cannot rest its life on you. Amen? This message is so important for you for Christmas. And I have uh, four times this year brought out segments of this message. But today I'm concluding, not the series, we're still moving in the series we're doing, but I'm concluding the four times that I taught on this in specific category, and I know I'm trying to explain what I've, I've done this year uh, without telling you before, but this is the conclusion of the understanding on redemption, that we are redeemed. Christmas is about God becoming human, God being born as a baby a lamb wrapped in swaddling clothes. I'm not going to give you my message for Christmas Eve. But he is a, a baby boy, flesh. Why? Because he was born to die for you and me. Christmas is the realization and the celebration that God became flesh so he could pay the price for my sin. So that I could be free from the bondage of sin. And in the God-given benefits, we've been reading out of Psalm 103, and David speaking to his soul, reminding himself that there are some things that life will kind of drag you away from the reality 
of spiritual life. Life will, will deal you things, a lot of joys and a lot of not so much fun things. And there are emotions in between. There's your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, choices that we make. And in all of the reality of life and sometimes even the confusion of life, by the way, God's not the author of confusion. And that's why David was always reminding himself of the grace of God and what God did for him and how much God loves him. Because in all the stuff that he faced, the tendency is to walk away from the realities of of the truth of how much God loves you and how special you are to him. And when I say special, you know, there's not a word to me that can really translate what I'm trying to bring to you. You are so endearing to God. When he looks at you and he sees you, it is an aspect of sheer God joy that's expressed out of him because you have chosen him. Because you set aside yourself and you chose God. You chose relationship with God. And because of that, there's this relationship that is, is built, that grows on a daily basis, on a yearly basis. You know, how, how long you've known the Lord, whether you've known him this morning and you, you got saved this morning or you've been saved for 50 years. Realize this that there's so much God wants you to know of himself so that you will know so much more of yourself created in the image and the likeness of God. The reality of the joy that even though you face the stuff that you face in life, that you are able to see through, break through this turmoil and this confusion and see truth and the truth of what David spoke to himself in Psalm 103. Let's begin verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Matter of fact, in the Hebrew for the word all, um, it really means all. And then here's what we want to cover today. As we've talked about forgiveness and health, but verse 4 says, who redeems your life from destructions. Today, my title is Supernatural Redemption. So the question, what does it mean when God redeems us? Now, I had used this illustration the beginning of the year because I wanted to come back to it uh, at the end of the year, talking about being redeemed. When I was young, when I was a child 10 years ago, My biblical understanding of what it meant to be redeemed came from this, is that when you would go shopping, you would get S&H green stamps. Any of you that are my age can remember that? Okay. And you would get booklets, and you would take these S&H green stamps, and there was glue on the back. We didn't know back then that glue was not good for you. I mean, some people sniffed it, but, you know. And so my job, maybe that's why I'm the way I'm today, <coughs> excuse me, is, is my job was to lick the stamps and to put them into the, the book. And so I'd lick so many stamps and pass out <coughs> from the glue 
No, I wouldn't pass out. And I'd put on the book, and we'd go. And what it was, the term was that you would go and you'd redeem these booklets of stamps for different things, like a toaster or an iron or anything like that. And by the way, those toasters were awesome for a month. Then they'd break. How many remember that? You get stuff and they're the... I won't tell you where they were made, but anyways, back then. But, but the reality is you would get that. And so that was my thinking of redeeming. In other words, to be redeemed is mean to trade something. And that's not what redemption means. And so then later on uh, in life, some of you have probably faced this. Now, my dad... Um, he loved his car, and he thought he was the greatest mechanic in the world. And um, he wasn't. My, my brother is now, but, but he, he wasn't. But anyways, he thought he. So he'd always drive this one car, fixing it up. It'd break down on him all the time. He'd fix it and break down, fix it, break down. One day, he was at a place that broke down. And so he had to walk about three-quarters of a mile or a mile to get to a store to buy a part that he needed. Well, lo and behold, while he was walking to the store, a tow truck came by and towed the truck away and put it in a tow truck yard, right? In other words, let's drive around and look for a car that no one's there, and let's tow it so we can make money off of it. So in other words, my, my dad got back, found out what happened, had to call there, and he had to pay a fee. Um, and basically, it was a fee, and they called it to redeem your car back, you had to pay something. Okay, and so when we're thinking about re- redeeming, um, there is a little bit of truth in that. But what we need to understand is that There's so much more about redemption. Yes, being redeemed means that you are bought back. It does mean to buy something back that was yours. So my dad had to go and pay money to get back what was his. Now, in the Bible, both Hebrew and Greek, the meaning is the same for redemption. The word Gael in the Hebrew, this refers to the Redeemer, the one redeeming, or the person doing the redeeming. Sometimes it's translated, uh, we taught you remember this, it's talked about near kinsman, Redeemer, and so we had covered this before. So, so we understand these things, but there's a famous story in the Bible in the book of Ruth. And I'm not going to read it because of time, but you remember the name Boaz and who redeems Ruth. Boaz not only buys back the land that she lost, he marries her and brings her into his home. And that is a picture of Christ. That is an Old Testament message of the New Testament Christ in redeeming our lives. So that he not only purchases back what uh, we lost, Jesus Christ, through sin, but then he marries us. Scripture talks about a, a, a proposition or proposing to us, and we become his bride. So this past year, we have touched on those things. And now we are called the bride of Christ because of being the bride of Christ, that Christ paid the debt and redeemed us. All right, so I want to show you the Greek words, and there are four of them. Uh, In the English language, we have one word for redeem, but in the Greek, there are four. And in understanding that, in concluding this, My goal is that on Christmas Day, 
when you're running around with your gifts and eating turkey and tamales and mm, tamales and all those things, I want you to remember, just spend a moment remembering that Jesus was born to buy you back, to redeem you, to remove the transgression, to remove the sin. And he did that. Uh, God himself took it upon himself to become a man to be able to do that because God himself couldn't die. And God himself was perfect. And Jesus, being born of the Holy Spirit, was not born with sin. And because he was not born with sin, then he could become the Lamb of God, sacrificed not only in the Old Testament, what they would, the sacrifices would cover over, but not remove. And what we find that Jesus Christ removed our sin and even the power of that sin. So the, the Greek has four words that are translated or a derivative of the word redeem. So here's the first, agarasso. This means the marketplace for slaves. And notice the words that the Holy Spirit uses. And I want you to really just clue in to me right now. Is the words that I'm going to bring to you are very particular words. And they're words to explain the picture of Christmas. To explain the picture of Easter. That we have been redeemed by God who became a man, who was born on this earth. Revelation 5.9, you'll see this, this word. It's a song sung to Jesus. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have agarazo, or redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. It's saying you entered the marketplace for slaves. Jesus Christ left heaven and entered the marketplace for slaves. Now, again, as, as I talk about this, as I did before, when we talk about slavery, slavery is an atrocity but it's something that has taken place and slavery in humankind happened because of spiritual sin. Slavery is not God's plan. But man did slavery because of sin. So when we talk about it, I'm not talking about it flippantly. If you're watching online, I'm talking about this as an atrocity but we must understand that this took place. This took place not only in our own country, but it was a culture around the world. So let me, let me now just, just say a little bit about the marketplace and in the biblical time and why the Holy Spirit used this word, the slave market. People that were buying their human beings, isn't that terrible? treated them like animals. They would go to them, open their mouths, check their teeth. They would hit them or slap them and see how their temperament was, how they would react. Sometimes they were whipped to check their endurance. So the question, so why in the world would the Holy Spirit use agarazo? Because it describes a redemption from something that was awful. Because Jesus left heaven and in, entered a marketplace for slaves and became a slave. He took upon himself our sin. He became a slave to sin. And that's why the Holy Spirit used that 
to give us a greater understanding of the meaning of Christmas that we celebrate, or Easter. Philippians says Jesus became a slave to redeem us. And if you don't remember, Jesus was beaten, he was mocked, and he was scourged. Many times these slaves were made to disrobe, and Scripture even tells us that on the cross he was disrobed. Why? So we could be redeemed from slavery to sin. So sin would have no more power and or authority over us. That when you look in your life and you're thinking that there are things that that you do that you're trying to break and it's hard to break and it's just, you know, where you're at and the struggle you have and I want to tell you the very word, and we're going to see it deeper in a moment, but the very word used there is that Jesus came to the ugliest aspect of sin coming to this world so that you and I could be redeemed from the ugliest aspect of our lives. And that we could have victory over that ugliness. Can anybody say amen to that? So I want us to catch in our spirits uh, an understanding what Jesus did for us and why he was born and why we celebrate Christmas. When he became a human to redeem us and buy us back. Here's the second word. Now, it uses the same word, but it puts a prefix on it, and it's called ex-agarazo. E-X-agarazo. Simply the same word with a prefix. In Galatians 3, it means that he redeemed us out of the marketplace for sin. Jesus came to the marketplace. And when I use the term, understand, he identified, he came to the worst, the ugliest part of our lives to redeem us from that. So that's why the Holy Spirit uses ex agarazo. It says now that he has not only redeemed us, he paid the price but he removed us from that power. He removed us from the inability of living in his righteousness because we're no longer live in our own righteousness, but we are in the righteousness of Christ Jesus, as Scripture tells us. So you found, I know I'm getting a little bit deep here and a little bit wordy here, but I, I want you to answer, it says Galatians 3.13, it's the word ex agarazo. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has brought us out. So if you're thinking in your life right now is I can't fix this, I can't change, I, I can't have victory over this area, I'm telling you, The Holy Spirit used this word to tell you that Christ has redeemed you out of that. You have that ability. Don't listen to the lie that is telling you you can't beat that or your kids can't or your kids can't be saved or, you know, they've gotten so bad or maybe you have family members that are in jail. I want to tell you, God has redeemed us out of slavery to sin, okay? Excuse me. So Jesus not only became a slave, but he got us out of the slave market. He redeemed us out of. The Bible is telling us we need to know that we were sold to sin. 
So I just want to cover this for a moment. I covered this, I believe it was back in April. Romans 6 says we were sold under sin. In other words, Satan ran the slave market. And I want you to picture this now. And you say, well, Christmas, let's talk about Santa. Let's talk about Rudolph. Okay, and and let's have fun. If you come to my house, I got six Santas, you know, three, four trees, five trees, whatever it is. We have a lot of fun with it, but it's Jesus Christ is the, is the reason for the season, amen? So what he would do is put us on the auction block and sell us to a sin. So the enemy, the scripture is showing us, what the enemy does is he puts you on the auction block. In other words, he is identifying to you the, the stuff you're going to face and the stuff you're going to handle in your life, and you have a choice. But because we're, we don't understand, we've been delivered out of the slave market. He no longer has authority over us. Amen? So all of us at some point have been in bondage to uh, areas of our lives to sin, and we could not overcome without Jesus Christ and his power. Some were were sold to lust, unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, resentment, okay? And some were sold to inferiority, fear, insecurity. Some were sold to addictions. And now, now, just hold on a second there, because if I just went away from that topic, you would think Satan made me do it. The devil made me do it. The devil sold you to that sin, and it was your choice to walk in it, to come under that power. But again, Jesus Christ, ex agarasso, pulled you out of it. So even though he says, you have this in your life, you have this struggle in your life, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ, Jesus came and was born on this earth as a human so he could pay for your sin, went into the ugliest part of your life, and he has pulled you out, and all you have to do is understand and by faith receive that gift of redemption and walk in it and walk away from that sin that has so easily beset you. I want to tell you, that's a shouting statement that I just made. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm really going at you with, with some really uh, in-depth teaching here. And to some of you say, well, I've known that all my life. Well, okay, great. Praise you. But the reality is, you have to understand, there are things in our lives that we were on the auction block even though we were born again. You've been delivered, church. And you have to get to that place of understanding when you see that little baby Jesus in the manger, the power of that action by God, of being born human. All right, let's go on. A great example of this in the Old Testament. Remember uh, Hosea, the prophet, Hosea? He was told to go marry a prostitute. He is told to buy her out of the slave market. So what he did, he took a lot of money and he, he bought her out of the slave market because back then they would become slaves to the sex market. We have that today. It's awful happening across our border, happening all around in our cities today. So he is told to go marry a prostitute. He's told to buy her out of the slave market, the same picture we just talked to you about. We have a a huge problem with this in our own country and all around the world. So Hosea 
bought a woman and her name was Gomer. Not Gomer Pyle. Well, golly. But he, he buys this woman. Some of you young people, how's your parents show you Gomer Pyle, okay? He buys this woman and they have three children together. But she goes back to the slavery of her sin of prostitution. And the man is taking care of the kids. Then the Lord speaks this to Hosea. And that's the time after she had gone back. And I read this, I'm going to read this from the Message Bible. Hosea 3, verse 1 and 2. Then God ordered me, start all over. Love your wife again. Your wife who's in bed with her latest boyfriend. You see the picture of our relationship with Christ? That we were his and then we were, went to, to sin and then he buys us back. Your cheating wife, love her the way I, God, love the Israelite people. Even as they flirt and party with every God that takes their fancy. I did it. I paid good money to get her back. It cost me the price of a slave. When she got back into adultery, she eventually got taken back into prostitution and was on the slave market. People would buy her and keep her for a while, pay enough money to keep her for a month or two, and then give her back. She'd go back on the auction. And another man would do the same thing. So the story goes with this. When she was old on the slave market again, no one was bidding for her. And that was the time that God told Hosea, go buy her back. So from the back of the crowd comes a voice, and the voice came from Hosea, I will buy her. So let's focus on what the Lord says. He says, I want you to do this, Hosea, because I want you to tell my people that even though they continue to go back to their false gods, their sin, I love them. Merry Christmas. That's the reason why he came. That's the second word. Here's the third word, translated redeemed. It's lutrosis. It means the full payment of a slave. Hebrews 9.12 says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So the word lutrosis means full ransom. Jesus paid the full payment for you. It's a done deal. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the full payment was paid. There's not something that you have to do to get the fullness of it. It's all there. When you were redeemed, you were redeemed fully. The price has been paid. Every Thing, every sin, every slave sin, everything that you're in bondage to, Jesus Christ paid the price for you. And he came as a little boy. He came as a baby. And he grew up not sinning because he was born of the Holy Spirit and woman. And so sin wasn't in him. And he was that perfect sacrifice. But I want to tell you, God, think about this. God gives ownership of the whole world to Adam and Eve, and they lose it to Satan. So God decides to redeem us or buy us back. So let me just ask you this. Do you know that Satan knew how much he loved mankind? He did. 
He knew how much God loved. And that's why the full price was Father God had to give his son, his only begotten son, to die on the cross. God said yes, the Father said yes to the full payment as a just God and a redemptive God. We had to be bought back because we were under the ownership of sin, Satan, because of sin. And so in this full price, the full price had to be paid to be fully redeemed out of this slavery to sin. So the highest price that was ever paid for anyone or anything was paid for you, and it's called the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for you. Merry Christmas. Here's the fourth word. Similar to the third, it also has a prefix, and it's apo, A-P-O, lutrosis, the full payment of a slave's freedom. So no longer, no longer ever you have to be in bondage to that sin in your life. In the Greek, when using the prefix, apo means to return it to its original state. (laughs) Think of the perfectness when God created Adam and Eve. This is what Christmas means. Jesus Christ, God, came and became human so he could redeem you and me. And this redemption is so pure that he bought your freedom that you never have to go back to any of it. Wow. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So we have the full payment of our freedom through his blood, the forgiveness of the sins. So let me close with some of these statements. Jesus just didn't buy us back so we could be his slave. I'll say that again. Jesus, I'll say it a different way, just didn't or didn't just buy us back so we could be a slave. He bought us back to return us to our original state. What is the original state? Galatians 4, 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Hi, sons and daughters. Amen. So here's these statements. Here's what you need to be excited about other than those gifts that I'm looking forward to. Agarazzo, Jesus entered the marketplace for slaves. Ex Agarazzo, he became a slave so that we could be redeemed out of the slave market. The power of that. Lutrosis, Jesus paid the full price for us but he didn't just buy us because apolutrosis, he just didn't buy us. He returned us to sonship and daughtership. That today, because of the little baby Jesus, you and I are sons and daughters of the Most High 
and join heirs with Jesus Christ to walk in everything that God has promised us. Amen. Let me st- let's all stand, please. Let me say this to you as you stand. That's where breakthrough comes through. Breakthrough doesn't come through because we shout to the Lord, even though shouting to the Lord is great. Breakthrough doesn't happen because the fine arts department wrote this great worship song, even though writing great worship songs are great. Because why? It worships God. It doesn't happen because you're a tither. But tithing is absolutely necessary to walk in God's economic system. If you want the blessings of God, be a tither. But we have to get to a place in our life of understanding that everything in life is dependent upon our belief system and that God became a man. Watch how important it was to the wise men. They spent two years after Jesus was born looking for him. The king wanted to find him too and wanted to kill him. Satan's plan. But they went in another direction. These wise men, kings, were multi, multi rich. And when they came, they gave them gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which was utilized so that they could escape Satan killing baby boy Jesus and go to Egypt. God will provide everything for you because you understand that you are redeemed. And from that redemption, then you begin to live out a lifestyle of someone who has been taken out of sin and now walking in the kingdom of light. That's you. That's me. So this Christmas season, enjoy your family. Enjoy the things we do at church. Be a blessing. Okay, don't raise your hands, all right? Don't evil eye the person next to you. I know that some of you have family members that you know you're going to get together with them. And you're going. Right? You know how to get through all that? You're redeemed. Amen. You're redeemed. See, it's not that my home is perfect. This is my statement to a lot of, especially gentlemen with all the the work that you do and stuff I get to go home I get to go home to the place where it's understood I've been redeemed I've been delivered out of no longer no longer do I have to have that power of sin to overwhelm me I can live a life full of joy because I get to go home. But in the meantime, when I'm outside, all watching online, that I get to love you because my greatest joy doesn't come because you please me or this family member pleases me or does what I like. My joy comes from knowing I have been redeemed. Amen.
I want to pray for you. And this is, this is my prayer before I pray. God already knows because he told me to pray this. <laughs> is I'm going to pray that this year is going to be the, one of the greatest years of a release of past hurts, past stuff that's gone on, wrong choices we've made. That the revelation of you've been redeemed would turn it around in your heart where some people that are unlovable, you become lovable to them because you know who you are in Christ. Amen? In Jesus' name. Family is important. Friendship is important. Companionship is important. And I proclaim the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit would overwhelm us with not, oh, they've changed, they're better. (laughs) But I've been redeemed. Thank you, God Jesus. Thank you, Christ Jesus who became a man so that you would deliver us out of this evil that we could walk in your light and walk in your righteousness and your healing and restoration. I bless now in Jesus' name every home represented here. Blessings overwhelming over your homes. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everyone look up at me. Don't let this thought you have right now leave you all day long. Keep tucking it away in your mind. As David, speak to your soul of what has been taught today. You are redeemed. And then here's the last thing. Honor the pastoral staff and staff. Be prayerful of what you give. Don't give just because maybe you like me and you want to do something I ask. I don't want that. I want you to be led of the Holy Spirit. Give liberally and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in that. Again, may I say, Merry Christmas, and next Sunday, bring everybody to watch our kids. They're going to be great. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Sing hallelujah, hallelujah. That's what the angels cry. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Precious little child. Hallelujah, hallelujah, sound of the angel's joy. Hallelujah, hallelujah.